0: At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right. Thanks for listening to the 49ers Rush podcast. I am John Chapman, your host. And today we're going to be talking about Ruben Foster, the 49ers' second pick in the 2017 NFL draft. But we got him in the first round, which is absolutely awesome. And man, what a crazy draft we had. If you missed our last podcast, we detailed the trade back from number two to three with Chicago to get Solomon Thomas, kind of where he fits. what he means for our franchise, and kind of where we're going with John Lynch. And today we're going to pick up a part two of that because it's related. So we're going to skip ahead to where we picked and then kind of go back through the details, how we got that trade, uh, how we got the pick, how we got the rights to Reuben Foster, which is just absolute madness. <laughs> I'm a huge Draft Day movie fan, which is kind of sad to admit, but it doesn't matter if there's a film with Kevin Costner in sports. I'm 100% about it. And then you mean to tell me that that has to do with the NFL draft, which is my favorite weekend of the year. I'm 100% in it. And this today, man, it's it's word for word kind of what happened in that movie. So let's get to this. So skipping ahead uh, with the number 31st overall pick in the NFL draft in 2017, the 49ers selected at number 31 overall. Reuben Foster, inside linebacker out of Alabama, which for me – is absolutely off the charts. He's my number four overall player, and I wanted to take him number two overall before all the craziness happened, which as we go through this, we're going to get into some of the negatives or criticisms of him and see why I kind of backed off that a week before draft day, but kind of, we'll hold on to that. So real quick, John Lynch, our new GM, first year GM, he comes up with his top three, and we know all of this now, because of Peter King and a Monday morning quarterback with uh, Sports Illustrated. He, he was there and he sat in the draft room and kind of documented what happened. If you have not read the article yet about him being be- behind the 49ers scene, man, go check it out. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, Peter King always does great work. And the way in which he painted the 49ers organization, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, our new GM, and even Jed York, which... In my opinion, it's pretty hard to paint him in a positive light, I feel like, came across. Uh, So go check that out. So anyway, John Lynch, our GM, his top three in the entire NFL draft, this isn't just fits for the 49ers or whatever, was Miles Garrett one, which I think probably 100% of GMs should have had, and if they didn't, there's an issue there. Number two, Solomon Thomas, who we got with the number three pick. And then kind of the wild card there is number three, Ruben Foster, who we ended up getting at pick 31. And so as we go through this conversation today in this podcast, hopefully we'll understand exactly how that came to be, why he was there, why he's still a great fit for the 49ers, and man, how did we pull this off? So when we first made the trade back from number two to number three with Chicago, what's crazy is, John Lynch is talking with everybody before Chicago Bears made the pick, and he said, man, I bet they're picking Thomas. We made this trade back with Chicago from two to three, not knowing who they are. Now, what's funny is we even asked them, and we said, hey, who are you going to pick? And They said, oh, we're not going to tell you. And I'm like, all right, that's cool, that's cool. And John Lynch said, I bet they're picking Thomas. And if they did pick Thomas at that pick at number two, we were going to take Reuben Foster at number three overall and walk away happy with grins on our face because of all the different draft picks we got from Chicago and just be happy with it. But when they picked Mitch Trubisky, it turned into oh my god, are we for real? Like this is happening? All right, cool. So we'll take our number two on the uh, board, Solomon Thomas, and we'll just see what happens. And, and as the draft goes on, there there are mentions of John Lynch saying, "All right." Let's pull up some film on some guys that we like, and let's see if we get absolutely crazy about them. And one of the first people he's mentioned was T.J. Watt, linebacker slash edge player for Wisconsin, brother of J.J. Watt, uh, very well-documented, kind of what he is. Now, I had J- I had T.J. Watt rated as a second-round prospect, prospect, where I had Reuben Foster as, again, the number four overall. But anyway, Lynch is... Basically on record saying, all right, let's put some film up and let's see if we get passionate about this guy. So the draft is going on, tick 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 tick. Team after team after team. Lynch comes on board and says, no way, absolutely zero chance that Ruben Foster gets past Cincinnati at nine. And who does Cincinnati take? Oh my gosh! What in my opinion, one of the absolute worst picks of the entire first round. Um, John Ross, a f- five foot, barely eleven. A wide receiver out of Washington that weighs about hundred and eighty six pounds with three surgeries, two a c l s and a shoulder oh, and by the way, he got injured running the forty yard dash at the combine, but anyway, they took him a number nine. I get it four two two speed that's greatness. pair him up with a j green I understand the logistics of it, but absolutely awful whenever you considered they took t j they took uh Boyd last year wide receiver out of pit. And it just doesn't really seem like a big team need for them. And especially when there's so many other needs there. But anyway, regardless, back to the point. Cincinnati passed on them. And the 49ers front office was just like, oh, my gosh. All right. Well, let's see what happens. The next big obstacle was the Baltimore Ravens, who were picking at 16. And everybody said, no, nah, definitely not getting past these guys. This is definitely an Aussie Newsome guy. He loves Alabama players. You look at the roster. It's loaded with them. Definitely not get past 16. Guess what? Past 16. And then everybody is like, okay, get on the damn phone. Morant gets on the phone, and they call team by team from 16 all the way down to 31, where we eventually got uh, Reuben Foster, and basically said, hey, this is what we got. We have our second-round pick which is number 34 overall. and we got this fourth round pick number 111 that we got from Chicago and our trade back from two to three. hey quality draft. let's pick up two guys. This is yours. Let's jump up. And what's crazy is almost every team said no 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 no. and they just kept going down, they kept going down, they kept going down and it just was looking like you know what? there's no way we're getting this guy. hey, we want it to happen. But we don't want to overspend. And probably one of my favorite things about John Lynch is that he didn't get emotional, he didn't get invested, and he didn't go up and say, fine, you know what, we're going to overpay for this guy. Let's give up our second and our third, and let's get who we wanted. Which, to be honest with you, if we did it, I'd be okay with it. But he held tight. And the crazy part about it is, (laughs) <laughs> they got a phone call from the Seattle GM, John uh, Schneider. He called the 49ers. And this was about six picks before they were on the board at um, 31. And he, and so he calls, and Marath, who was ha- handling the entire terms of the trade, said, Hey, we got our number two pick, number 34, and we got this juicy number four waiting for you. And the GM for Seattle said, Yeah, that's great and all. But we're looking at that second round pick and the third round pick. That would be perfect. Let's get this deal done. You know, we said, you know what? Not really what we're looking for. And we walked away from the phone call. So, as we're at about pick 26 27, the 49ers walked away from a deal for pick 31 because they were asking too much. And so, tick, 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 tick. We get down now to pick 31. And the front office is like, hey, Get Seattle on the damn phone. Let's make this deal happen. He's sitting there. We got this extra fourth round pick from Chicago. Let's put that out there and let's see what happens. Let's get this stud that we had number three overall. And they don't even answer the phone. We start texting Seattle saying, hey, come on. Let's make this deal. Let's make this deal. We finally get Seattle on the phone and we say, look, this is the deal we got. Pick number 34 and pick number 111. For your 31. Eventually the deal happens. They say, you know what? All right, cool. Let's do this deal. But the craziest part about this entire thing, this entire dialogue, this trade was finally agreed to with only 80 seconds left on the draft clock for this number 31 pick. Now, the way the NFL works with these trades on draft day is you have to have voice confirmation to the commissioner's office by both sides. So 80 seconds left, 49ers got a call in, Seattle has a call in, yes, we agree to to these trade terms, once that gets verified, then the new team picking on the pick, which in this case is us, the San Francisco 49ers at pick 31, we have to send in our card and say, this is who we pick. All of this takes place in 80 seconds, so it goes from this very high, yay, we got our guy, we got our guy, to hold the hell on, we're not there yet, guys, shut up, we got to get this taken care of. Different calls, all this stuff gets taken place, paperwork and all that stuff. And finally, it seems like we are in the clear. So, as we are in the clear, we call up, John Lynch calls up Reuben Foster, linebacker from Alabama, to congratulate him. But guess what? Call freaking waiting. Reuben Foster is on the phone with the Saints, which if you haven't heard this story yet, it is absolutely – I mean, it's almost made up. It doesn't even make sense. He's on the phone with the Saints who are picking number 32 overall, and they're saying, hey, we just want to let you know we're taking you. We're excited to have you. Again, they're less than a minute away from being on the clock, and so they think this is their guy. Because, again, Seattle doesn't really have this major need at this inside linebacker spot. So they're just like saying, hey, you're our guy. We're picking you. You're going to show up our defense. Great. And the funny thing is, one of the Saint, whoever on the Saints was talking to Reuben Foster said, Do, is your girlfriend there? Do you mind if we talk to your girlfriend? Which apparently has Louisiana ties. He hands the phone over and she's saying, you know, Yeah, I'm his girlfriend. Yes, I'm from Louisiana. They start basically giving her this spill of, Hey, we want you to move down to Baton Rouge. We want you to be the person that's in Reuben's corner. We want you to be the person that keeps him in tune. And everything is okay. Now, as she is talking with the Saints, the girlfriend, she gets the beep. She pulls the phone back, and she sees a San Francisco number, and she shows it to Reuben Foster, Reuben Foster grabs the phone, clicks over to the Niners, and sure enough, it is John Lynch sitting on the phone saying, hey, buddy, we got you. To which Reuben Foster said, sorry, coach, you're picking at 34. Saints are picking at 32. They already told me they're getting me. And John Lynch says, oh, no, 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 buddy. We traded up to get you. You are ours. Go ahead and turn your TV on, and you'll see it there. Reuben Foster sees it realizes that it's a done deal, (laughs) hangs up on the Saints, which I'm not quite sure how I feel about, but as a Niners fan, I'm just like, hell yeah. Hangs up on the Saints and could not be happier. Uh, Immediately referencing Patrick Willis and just all the great uh, linebackers that we have had for the 49ers. So absolutely crazy deal. Now let's look at the trade details because on Numbers-wise, if we go back to the old Jimmy Johnson trade chart, which I know everybody uses their own thing, but those aren't published out there. So the best that we can go by is kind of the Jimmy Johnson trade chart. And what's funny is in the trade negotiation that took place on the phone, Moranth, who was working representing the 49ers organization, cited the Jimmy Johnson trade deal and said, Look, Seattle, talking to John Snyder, their GM, you're getting extra points here on this deal. So let's look at these points. The number 34 overall pick that was owned by the 49ers uh, was worth 560 points, plus our fourth rounder, number 111 that we got from Chicago, was worth 72. Okay, uh, The pick that we traded up for in the first round, number 31 overall, was worth 600 points. So technically, if we're measuring the value of these picks based on the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, we lost 32 points, which is equivalent to the number 147 overall pick. Now, that, that that's the bad side of this trade, good side of this trade. We get the fifth-year option on Reuben Foster now, which we'll get into in a little bit later in this podcast. One of the major negative critiques of Reuben Foster is his shoulder injury and if he is going to be okay or if he needs another surgery, so on and so forth. But what I'm telling you right now, by jumping up three picks, that doesn't matter anymore. Even if this year, which the 49ers will not be competing for a playoff spot this year. I don't care who you are. I love the 49ers more than anybody I've ever met. It's not happening this year. We are two to three years away at best. Uh, That's just a reality. So by trading up, not only does it give us a larger window for this quote-unquote risky prospect. We have that extra year to evaluate where he is going to be. Which The fifth-year option on inside linebackers is not insane. Not to mention, we still have the most cap room in the entire NFL. So, not only does this help our team in the immediate, getting an awesome middle to will linebacker that's going to shore up the run game, long term, we have somebody that we can put to side, put to the side, uh, salary cap wise, and we can we can evaluate: do we want to sign this guy to a second uh, contract? Which hopefully we will. Um, and so, what we're going to do now. Uh, We talked a little bit about the transaction and the deal. I want to get into Ruben Foster himself. Let's talk about what it is that he offers, who he is, and kind of his story. So, again, I mentioned I I had Ruben Foster rated as the number one inside linebacker, number four overall prospect, which is crazy because inside linebacker is not that valued of a position by NFL standards. It's probably not even top six. You usually go quarterback. Rush edge player, left tackle, cornerback, and it kind of goes on from there. Different teams will put different values on different things, but it is definitely not in the top five. Now, Reuben Foster uh, played at Alabama, 6' uh, foot tall, 229", which is weight that, again, he didn't really even measure at the call by we're going to get later. He got kicked out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But he lost 20 pounds to play his this last year at linebacker. Because he wanted to get faster, and so they said, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We want you to be a better sideline-to-sideline side player. Your physicality is there. Let's drop some weight in the offseason, and let's see what shows up. And, man, it shows up on film. Um, his instincts are off the charts. You, know, you will never find, and I, I'll i stand by this, whether that's keekley Bowman, Willis, it doesn't matter. You're not going to find somebody with more instincts to get to the ball carrier than what we have in Ruben Foster. So let, let's jump back a little bit. Because Reuben Foster's story, from start to finish, it's going to be made into a movie one day. Now, the one thing I can't say is what uh, type of movie it's going to be. Is it going to be a PG-13, yay, happy, feel-good movie? Or is this going to be something that's going to be on HBO or Cinemax? Because there's some messed up details in here. From his early age, at 18 months old, he was shot by his father. His... (laughs) Can't make this up, guys. He was being held by his mother at eighteen months old, and his father shot his mother, which went through her back, punctured her lung, and then shot him. Like the bullet kept going through and hit uh, Reuben Foster. Now, if we left the story there, you're already just like, man, this is crazy. This doesn't even make sense. No, no, no. That's the normal part of this story. The father then changes his his identity. Runs away for 16 years, starts another life with another family for 16 years before he finally gets caught and arrested. And again, if you you want to look into the details of the story, go ahead. But that is kind of the craziness. Now, Reuben Foster was the number one inside linebacker in the entire country coming out of high school. And he committed to Auburn pretty early in the process. All fine. He even got a tattoo of Auburn. And so everybody thought, you know what, 100%, deal is done, this is what's going to happen. But then Gene Chizik gets fired, head coach of Auburn, and everything gets thrown into turmoil. And sure enough, Reuben Foster switches his pledge, his commitment, from Auburn to in-state rival Alabama. Now as I can hope you predict, people didn't take that well. Not only did they not take this well, they started issuing death threats to Reuben Foster, Auburn fans, saying, how dare you? You deserve to die, blah, 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 blah. That's who this kid is. He was brought up during it t- through the most extreme adversity from 18 months old through high school through college, and it has not stopped. All right, we're going to stop there for today. Uh, I could talk Reuben Foster forever, but we're going to stop there right now. Now, part two of Reuben Foster's breakdown, that's film analysis, scheme fit, pros and cons in his game, um, all that is already up. So you can go give that a listen to. That's part two um, on the podcast. It's already uploaded, as I said. Please give me a follower on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman. That's JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Any questions you got, anything you want me to cover, go ahead and send it on there. Uh, and hopefully please jump over because the good stuff's just started on Ruben Foster, guys, so hope to see you over there. Thanks a lot. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.